So I feel that I may have done y'all a little disservice in the last episode that I did, and I apologize for that. I feel this way because I shared with you how our lives should be transformed by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, that our lives should look different and that we should have joy. But what I didn't talk about was how to do this, how to have this in your life if you didn't have it already. So today I'm going to give you some practical ways to no longer live in sin, to have joy and hope in your life and how to share that joy with others. Let's get started. Welcome to the Faith Lived Out podcast. Are you wanting to do life God's way but are unsure how or what that even looks like? Do you sometimes fear that you're doing this whole wife and mom thing all wrong and want to know how to do it right? Or do you want to stop worrying all the time and learn how to truly put your faith and trust in the Lord? Hey girl, I'm Nancy Adamson, wife, mom, and Grammy to seven sweet babies, Bible study teacher, speaker, and women's ministry leader. I see you and I get you because I've been there, and I'm here to share with you what God has taught me on how to find biblical answers to life's challenging questions in His Word, to know what His promises are for you, how to apply them to your life, and to put the cares and concerns that are on your heart safely in the Father's hands. So if you're ready to learn how to live out your faith every day, and follow the amazing plan that God has for you, grab your coffee, pull up a chair next to mine, and let's get started. Since I am all about living out our faith and not being just hearers of the word, but doers, I do want to make sure that I share with you how we live this new life that the resurrection of Jesus Christ has provided for us. It's not enough just to say that we should do this or what our lives should be like as believers, but how do we get there? What steps do we take to live this out in the future and to be able to look back and see that God has changed our lives? First and foremost, We absolutely cannot be transformed by the resurrection of Jesus Christ to be a new creation and have a new life in Him if we have not accepted His free gift of salvation and become a child of God. This is the only way that we can do anything that I'm about to explain to you, and the only way that any of it is going to be effective, because you can't do it in your own strength. You need to have Christ living inside of you, coming alongside you and helping you, that's the only way that we can be changed and have this new life. So if all of this is new to you, or you're not absolutely sure that you have sought forgiveness for your sins and asked Jesus to become Lord of your life, then please go listen to episode 10. It's entitled, God's Love for You, The Ultimate Gift. And it will explain all that you need to know to become a child of God. And know too that I am more than happy to answer any questions that you may have on this. You can send me an email. You can ask the question in the Facebook group. However is more comfortable for you. I am happy and here to answer all of your questions and to help you walk through this process. 
The link to episode 10 and the information on how to contact me is all in the show notes. So stop this right here. Go take a look, listen to that episode, and then come back and listen to this one. So the first way that we are to be transformed by this new creation that we are, by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, is the fact that our sins are forgiven and we are no longer to live in sin. We are forgiven of our past, no matter what we have done, no matter how heinous we think that it might be. There are no boundaries to the forgiveness that God has for us, and we are no longer bound by sin. We are that new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Therefore, our character and how we conduct ourselves should also be different. As a new creation, we are to think differently and to act differently and to be different. We should be able to look back and see where we were at one time, where we were when we first became a believer, and how God has changed us and made us more like Him. So then how do we do this? We do it by setting our focus on things above and not on the things of this earth. Colossians 3, 1 and 2 says this, If you then were raised with Christ, desire those things which are above, where Christ sits at the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above and not on the things of this earth. So we are to be doing life God's way and not the world's way. We are to be looking to Him for our guidance, for our answers, for wisdom for our lives. And then in Colossians 3, 5 through 10, it says, Therefore, put to death the parts of your earthly nature, sexual immorality, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God comes on the sons of the disobedience. You also once walked in these when you lived in them, but now you must also put away all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, and filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another, since you have put off the old nature with its deeds and have embraced the new nature, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him who created it. So see, we are to put off those things that are not of God, those things that are from the world, and then we are to put on those things that are of God, those things that are wisdom from God's word. Those are the things that we need to be doing. In Ephesians 4, it puts it this way, that you put off the former way of life in the old nature, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new nature, which was created according to God in righteousness and true holiness. So we're going to put off those things that are in our old nature and put on the things that are in our new nature. So those things that we are to put off, that we are to work to remove from our lives, are sexual immorality, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language, and lying. These are the things in our lives that we are to work towards getting rid of, to change our character and our conduct by removing this kind of old sin nature. Is this easy? No. 
With God, can you do it? Absolutely. And yes, we're going to make mistakes. And yes, we're going to have times that we fall on our face. But as long as we are seeking God, as long as we are striving to change our lives and to remove these things from our lives, then it will be possible. We have to at least be trying to move towards these things. Otherwise, they're certainly never going to happen. It's never going to change. So further in Colossians, it tells us this, and this is what our conduct should be. So embrace as the elect of God, holy and beloved, a spirit of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, and long suffering. Bear with one another and forgive one another. If anyone has a quarrel against anyone, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. And above all these things, embrace love which is the bond of perfection. Let the peace of God to which also you were called in one body rule in your hearts and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So we are to put on mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, and forgiveness. We're also to put on love, peace, thankfulness, wisdom, and grace. In Ephesians 4.29, it says, Let no unwholesome word proceed out of your mouth, but only that which is good for building up, that it may give grace to the listeners. Imagine how our relationships with our husbands, our kids, our parents, our co-workers, or neighbors would be different if we did this. And oftentimes, this is a scripture that kind of comes to my mind when I start to head in the wrong direction, when I start to say the things that I shouldn't say or think the things that I shouldn't think, when I need to be putting off the anger or the malice and need to be putting on mercy and kindness and humbleness. This is the scripture that I think of because it says, let no unwholesome word proceed out of your mouth. And that's kind of where it starts, isn't it? It starts in our minds and then it comes out of our mouth and then we're sorry for what we had done. So that's a good verse to remember. Now, this may all seem a bit overwhelming to you and please know that it doesn't just happen and it doesn't happen overnight. Also, we are not transformed into this life in our own strength. We need to have God. We need to have his Holy Spirit and his wisdom with us and inside of us in order to be able to do this. We cannot muster up enough strength to do this on our own. And it takes time to be more like Christ. So the practical ways that we can work towards this, to work towards this transformed life, is first to be in prayer to set time aside to talk with your heavenly father every day. Pour out your heart to him. Tell him your needs, your wants, your fears, and your desires. Recognize who he is in your life and thank him for the answered prayers and the blessings that he has given you. He longs to hear from you and you can ask him for help. He wants you to come to him and say, Lord, help me be more like you. And then the next thing is to be in his word. 
Our lives are transformed only through the practical application of God's word to live in his wisdom and not the world's. And we can only do this. We can only learn what his word says and use it as a guide for our lives if we know what it says, if we read it, if we study it. So spend time reading your Bible, journaling or doing a personal Bible study, attend church services, be a part of a Sunday school class, or join a local Bible study. And then the next thing is to be in fellowship with other believers. Those we hang out with do certainly influence our behavior, either in the right direction or in the wrong direction. So you may even want to be looking at some of those relationships and see, is this relationship helping me to get closer to Christ or is it pulling me away from Christ? Now we can certainly have the fellowship in church services, attending Sunday school and Bible study, but we can also do it in one-on-one discipling with someone or to meet a Christian friend for coffee or lunch, or to, to spend time with them and to even go over with them some of the struggles that you're facing and to pray together. And then be involved in the women's ministries activities of your church. Get to know the ladies in your church because we hold one another up in prayer and just encouraging one another and helping one another in that way. We cannot do this Christian walk alone. We must have the fellowship of other believers to hold on to and to hold each other up in prayer and love. In Romans 15, verse 4, it says, For whatever was previously written was written for our instruction, so that through perseverance and encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. And this just sums it up so nicely in that, what is written in God's word for our instruction, for our perseverance and our encouragement, that is what brings us hope. And this is the second way that we are transformed by the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the hope that we have in our future. We do this by looking forward to that blessed hope of spending eternity with Jesus in heaven and by being thankful for the many blessings that we have while we're here on earth. No matter what we see happening in this world, we know who is in control. We know how the story ends. We know that Jesus has victory over everything that is happening in this earth the same way that he had victory over sin and death. And I challenge you this week to look up some verses on hope. There are several in God's word. If you find yourself lacking in hope, then choose one of these verses and memorize it. Post it on your refrigerator or write it on the mirror in your bathroom, but memorize it, pray it over your life. And just so that it will encourage you and remind you of the hope that you have in Jesus and the mighty, mighty God that we serve and how he is sovereign and in control of all. So here are just a few to help encourage you. The first one is Jeremiah 29, 11. It's a very familiar verse, but it's so well done. For I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, plans for peace and not for evil, to give you a hope and a future. And, you know, so often when we are struggling with something, when we don't know what's going to be 
around the next turn when we don't know how the struggle that we're going through is going to end. This is a really good verse to be able to memorize during that time because we can see here that God has it all planned out and he has it planned out for our good to give us a hope and a future. And then the next one is Psalms 42, 5. And it says, why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted in me? Hope in God, for I will yet thank him for the help of his presence. We are not to be downcast. We are not to be disquieted within ourselves because we have God. We have that mighty Savior who is there with us and guiding us and has that plan for our life. And so we always have that hope and that assurance in him. And then lastly, Romans 15, 13, it says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Did you hear that? The God of hope, that he wants to fill you with all joy and peace, not just a little bit. And we talked about this in that other episode, not just a little bit of joy and peace and hope, but all of it that it would abound in you. Again, be in the scriptures, reminding yourself of the hope that is in you. And because you have a relationship with Jesus Christ and the blessed promises that he has for you, reminding yourself that he is faithful to carry you through whatever struggles you are facing and that you can trust him for the outcome. He's got this. And then the last thing is that we are to have joy and have a heart of gratitude. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom and cannot be moved, let us be gracious by which we may serve acceptable and reverence and godly fear. The mere fact that we will spend eternity with Christ should bring us joy every day, that we are heirs and receiving a kingdom that cannot be moved, that we know that we will be with him as he reigns forever. I know that there are struggles, there are hardships and heartbreaking times in this crazy adventure that we call life. But as believers, we know that it will not always be this way. We know that trials come for a purpose to increase our faith and to make us more like Christ, and that they are only here for a while. There is always an end to them. And we also know that with the strength of the Holy Spirit, we will be victorious. No matter how bad things may be at the moment, there is always things that we can be thankful for, precious blessings and gifts that God has given us. And we tend to focus on the negative, on the problems, and we lose sight on the blessings that God has given us. And we think that we have to do this all in ourselves, and that's not the case. Scripture tells us every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom is no change and no shadow of turning. Every good gift, every perfect gift is from above. It comes from your heavenly father, whether it's your family, your husband, your home, your job, whatever wonderful thing that it is that is in your life that you are thankful for, it came from your heavenly father. In 1 Thessalonians 5.18, it says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. 
take a few minutes and just stop and think about all the things in your life that you are thankful for. Better yet, you can even stop this podcast right now and take out a pen and piece of paper and write them down and thank your heavenly father for each and every one of them and the gifts that he has given you. Now, what do we do with this joy and this hope that we have? We must share it with others. There are those around us who do not have this hope and therefore they don't have true joy in their lives. They don't know how the story ends. They don't know that Jesus is victorious or that they can have a life with him for eternity. They don't know that without God, they will spend eternity tormented in hell. They don't have someone to go to for help when life gets hard. As I mentioned in the last episode, one of the first things that Jesus did after his resurrection was to tell his disciples to go and to spread the good news of the gospel to the world. This still holds true for us today. We are to spread the good news of Jesus Christ and the precious gift of salvation that he has given us with everyone who is around us. In Matthew 28, 19, it says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So how do we do this? How do we be bold and be brave and share our hope and joy with other people? Well, first, we can do it just by sharing it in our everyday lives, in our everyday conversations. It's funny how we can't wait to share that deal that we just got on this new dress that we bought or whatever it was, or maybe there's a new restaurant in town that was wonderful and we're telling everybody how great it was. But yet the one thing in our lives that truly changes our lives, that truly makes a difference for us and for them for eternity we hesitate to talk about. And we need to change that. And you know what? No, not everybody is going to be receptive to it. And if they're not, then you know and you stop. But there are those who want to know and they're afraid to ask. They want to know of the hope that you have, why you have joy in your life, no matter what is happening in it. But they're afraid to ask. So begin to tell them just in your everyday conversations with them and what God is doing in your life and how he is answering prayer. The next way is by our actions and our deeds, showing kindness and love to a neighbor or a friend by being compassionate, sympathetic, maybe offering to pray with them or to pray for them by sharing with them biblical advice to solve their problems or what scripture would say, share with them God's wisdom and help them get pointed in the right direction and to see that the Bible is not just some book that was written a long time ago, but that it's a book and a guide that can help them for today. And then the next one is inviting people to church or maybe to a women's ministry event like a luncheon or some kind of women's gathering. Many events at church are a great outreach to those people who are intimidating or intimidated in going to church. 
They don't always want to walk into a church service because they are unsure of what will happen or what to expect, but they are a bit more comfortable to attend a luncheon or to attend some kind of gathering, maybe a Christmas gathering or something that you're having at church. This gives them the opportunity to be able to meet some of the ladies that are there to even be able to make some, you know, little friendships before they attend church or before they would attend a Bible study and they would feel more comfortable in doing those things now that they know a couple of the ladies that are there. And then the last one is by handing out tracts or small Bibles. You can give these to the cashier at this grocery store or the waitress at a restaurant or the delivery person that delivers a package to your house. Oftentimes, we don't know what the outcome of this might be, and that's okay. We don't need to know. We just need to be planting that seed and being obedient in that. So my husband and I have been a part of the Gideon ministry for many years now. And one of the things that we do is pass out little New Testaments. And, you know, I've done this several times over the years. I can't even tell you how many. And even still, sometimes I get this little butterfly or sometimes a big butterfly um, in my gut when I feel as Lord is saying, I want you to give this person a testament. And I, I've been disobedient in this in the past and not shared when I felt that God wanted me to. And that is not a good place to be. It is not a good feeling to have. So I try very, very hard to be obedient to God and to give a scripture when he asks. And I was in a restaurant one day. It was after church one Sunday. And I happened to notice a, it was a young man and he was sitting at a table across from me. And you know, you sometimes you look at somebody and you just know that they're distressed in some way, that they're unsettled, that they're not calm, and that there is something going on in their life. And so I just started to pray for this young man. And as I did, I felt that God was saying, I, I you have a Bible in your purse. I, I want you to give him one. And I'm like, really, Lord? Because I like, I'm going to have to walk up to him and like start a conversation. It's not like the cashier at the grocery store where I can go here. I have a gift for you because we're already, you know, conversing. I have to actually go up to this young man and start a conversation. It's a little bit different. But as I sat there and as I ate and as I prayed, I'm like, okay, Lord, so what, what am I going to say? Like, how am I going to start this conversation? And then as I was eating, I realized that there was a young woman who also came down and sat across from him. And I'm like, okay, well, Lord, now there's two of them. So what, what am I going to do and how am I going to do this? And, you know, I just felt God say, just tell him that I told you to give it to him. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so when my husband and I got up to leave, we had to walk right by his table in order to be able to leave. And I had the Bible already in my hand. And I just went up to the table and I sat the Bible, set the Bible down in front of him. And I said, here, um, God just asked me to give this to you today. And I pray that you are blessed by it. And you should have seen the look on his face. Like he didn't say a word, but the look was, oh my, is this an answer to prayer? Like he was discerning. He was trying to figure out what to do this, you know, to go this way or to go that way. And even the girl who was with him looked at him like, see, 
God is giving you a direction. So I don't know what that direction was. I don't know how God is using that in that young man's life, but I do know that he is. And I do know that that young man is blessed and has a direction because I was obedient to God in giving his word and sharing that word. It brings me such joy. I don't know if you can hear it in my voice, but it does bring me such joy to know that God is using me in that way. And I want you to have the same joy. I want you to share what you have in Christ with other people and to see them light up, to see God use it and to change their lives. So I'll ask you again, the true meaning of Easter that brings you a new life, are you living it? If not, then I encourage you to begin living it today, to take the steps necessary to allow God to transform your life and to have hope and joy as you live as the new creation that he has made you. Before you go, I want to leave you with this prayer from Paul from Ephesians 3. It is my prayer for you today. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would give you, according to the riches of his glory, power to be strengthened by his Spirit in the inner man, and that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ which surpasses all knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond all that we ask or imagine, according to the power that works in us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Thank you so much for listening today. I pray that God has used this episode to bless and inspire you to live out your faith in Him. If it has, please do me a huge favor by leaving a review on Apple Podcast. This is the only way that I know if you like the show and you will be helping others to find this podcast and be lifted up by the Word of God. Is there someone who came to mind while you were listening today and you said, ooh, she needs to hear this? Well, then send her the link so she can be encouraged too. Are you in the Dallas area and looking for a fresh new speaker to add excitement to your next luncheon, women's retreat, or other women's event? Then drop me a note at nancy at faithlivedout.com and let's chat about it. That's nancy, N-A-N-C-I, at faithlivedout.com. I would love to come and meet with you and the ladies in your group. You're also welcome to visit the website at faithlivedout.com for more information, blog posts, journaling ideas, and free printables. Or become a part of our little community of believers by joining the Faith Lived Out community group on Facebook, where you can join together with other faith-led wives and moms just like you. Links to these areas and the scripture references used in today's episode are in the show notes. Ladies, 
Thank you again for listening today and know that I am praying for God to be with you as you learn to trust in Him more and to live out your faith every day. God bless you and see you on the next episode.